hello, hello out there, all you homestead and homeschooling folks. Welcome back to episode number 104. I am your host, the Liberty Hippie, telling you that you can go find the show notes for today at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 104. Not that hard. Uh, my my guest today, um, it's, a, it's a longer episode. I think you will enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Uh, my guest today is Miss... Pam Larickia, and uh, she's the host of a, a wonderful podcast called Exploring Unschooling. And uh, she's up there in Ontario, I think she said she was. Um, and she's been she's been at this thing for for a while now, almost almost twenty years. And she's got a, a handful of books out there. She does some public speaking, and, and like I said, she's got her own podcast with I think over like almost three hundred episodes, um, if not more than that. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot there. So you guys go check that out. Um, all those links will be in the show notes. And uh, and stay tuned, because we're going to get into it, and we're going to have a fun conversation about unschooling, what it is, what it isn't, and um, yeah, why why you should embrace it, why I should embrace it, why we should embrace it, because man, I, I, I want to do it. I want to do it. I, I got to pull the trigger. Got to pull the trigger. But these uh, mental mental blocks, I guess, right? Let's go do it. Let's go sow those seeds of liberty with my guest, Miss Pam Larickia. My guest today is Miss Pam Larickia. Um, she is a an unschooler. She's a speaker. She has her her own podcast, exploring unschooling, and uh, we'll we'll get into that. And I mean, she's just a, a wealth of knowledge. So thank you for for coming on today, Pam. I really really appreciate it. Oh no problem, Ben. I was really excited to get your invite because I love chatting about unschooling. So this will be fun. Good deal. It's a uh, it's um. Something I I don't think I've talked about it too much on on this show. Um, I've had a couple of people on that kind of do it, but it's I don't know. I think it's one of those things that you know it's on that umbrella of not as you know outside of the public school realm, right? You know, and these these other things that are there. And I think when people think about homeschooling, unschooling isn't always there, right? It takes you a little while to realize like what this this thing is. So did you, where did you? start out as a, as a homeschooling mom or how, how did you get into the whole, how'd you get to unschooling? Um, well, my kids were in school. Um, so at this point, I think they were, my eldest was in grade four. So grade four, grade two and junior kindergarten. I have three kids. School wasn't a good fit really for my oldest. So I was looking around. So I spent a couple of years working with the schools and, you know, and then it was quite dependent on the teacher, how well things worked out. And what happened was, as I was doing some more research, I came across the term homeschooling. I didn't even know it existed back then. So this was back in 2001, 2002. So I came across the term homeschooling. I thought, well, that sounds very interesting. 
And I did a quick search and found out that it was legal in Canada and there were people doing it in Ontario, which is where I live, we live. Didn't take long from that point when I discovered it for my husband and I to chat about it and to realize, you know what, we can try this and see what happens. You know, we can take a year, see how it goes. So we we pulled the kids from school, actually, it was March break. They were home for March break. And we decided and we thought, well, you know, why go back <laughs> for like three more months when we know we're going to do this? So they just didn't go back to school after March break. Um, and then my research kind of brain <laughs> kept looking. So it was um, not long after, like just a few weeks in. So I'd started reading some, like a couple of homeschooling books, doing lots of uh, online searches. And I came across unschooling as a style of homeschooling. So I dove into that. So I was already kind of, when they came home, um, we thought, you know what, we'll just, we'll take a break. You know, I'd come across the idea of de-schooling. So I was like, you know, what? we'll just take an extended summer um, and then we'll see where it goes. Uh, but then, by then I had learned enough about unschooling. So my kids didn't really do more than maybe a few weeks of me trying to coax them into a workbook <laughs> or two. <laughs> and me realizing, hey, <laughs> this isn't working out so well. It was really interesting to compare um, seeing them in action and then trying to coax them to do a workbook that I knew they could do, but I felt I should, um, you know, have them do this just kind of as proof that they could do it. Got to have some sort of evidence, right? Yeah, evidence. There you go. And so, uh, but they would be resistant to coming. Then they do it in like two minutes eventually. And then they'd go back. And I realized, look how much they're learning from what they're doing versus that two minutes to create evidence that, that they knew this particular stuff. And me learning about unschooling uh, all this time in the background, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what they're talking about. I can see this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really does make a lot of sense. And I'm seeing it in action in front of me. So we just we just started then. So that was in 2002. And we unschooled throughout. All right. When when you when you pulled them out mid-year, because um, I'm, I'm not familiar with that, we we decided, you know, over summer break, we're just not going to go back. How, how was that? Did you, did they want you to finish the year up or did did they, because then down here in the States, you know, you have to have like 180 days of school and, um, you know, I don't know how, if you, if you pull out in the middle of the year, do they expect you to, to finish the remainder of the days or do they glare at you or what do they do? They did not say anything about that. Um, I mean, this, this was a while ago and, I know that's the way the funding, I'm pretty sure that's the way the funding works here in Canada, but it um, was not something that was at the forefront that they would discuss. Like it was just my choice. I just called them and said, they're not coming back. I looked up what the process was. At that time too, a lot of the schools, there weren't a lot of kids doing it. That's why I'd never even heard of homeschooling, like up to a couple of months before this moment, right? It wasn't very well known as an option. Um, but there was a process. So we just worked the process. I just, you know, sent my letter to the superintendent. Ontario was actually in the middle of redoing their homeschooling um, procedure. 
Okay. Um, so at the time I had to send in a little letter about what we'd be doing to the superintendent. And then I had a phone call with him, but that was fine. And then a few months later, the process is you send in a letter and that's it. They don't need to, uh, it, it's it's amazing how, how different it can be from one place to a next, even from like state to state down here. And just like some states are more, no, you, you got to have all this stuff and you got to submit all these lesson plans and, and everything else. But um, we get into that, I guess, in a, in a little bit here. But um, I think you mentioned de-schooling. Um, and I think that's something that people kind of do, um, but don't necessarily realize it. And I think some people kind of don't do it, some of us. Um, and it, it can be problematic, I think, maybe. I don't know. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? What, what is this idea of, of de-schooling and why is it um, essential or not not essential, but um, something that you might might do if you're going to make the transition, might, might keep in mind? Um, yeah, I think de-schooling serves a few functions. And I will say up front that the process really never ends. I mean, you can work on the bulk of it, but there's always more stuff. So the idea of, of de-schooling, like certainly if you have kids coming out of school, even if you're planning, like it's also depending on the style of homeschooling you're going to do. If you're um, choosing to do school at home, there's not a lot of de-schooling in that you're um, enjoying the process of school. So it's not so much de-schooling around the process of teaching and curriculum because you're still going to be doing that. But there could be um, some trauma, some stress that your kids experienced in school. That might be one of the reasons why you've decided to bring them home and do it at home. So, you know, a time for them to relax, uh, mm -hmm. to release their stress, to process any kinds of um, stuff that came up for them during their school experience, just so that they can relax, change their mindset understand that they're going to be um, at home now, certainly at home during these pandemic times, but that there's also, you know, it opens up so many doors too, and possibilities of, of things that you can do with your days. So uh, some, some understanding that the kids, it's not going to be like Friday, they're in school and Monday, they're doing basically the same thing, but they're doing it at home, they're going to need some time for that transition, right? So even, even if you're planning to do school at home, really be cognizant of that and understanding of that. So I think that is also de-schooling for people. Yeah. If you're choosing different styles, then especially for the parent, there's going to be a lot of de-schooling around understanding the difference. Like, the ideas of school and what they're trying to accomplish and understand cur curriculum and really starting to dig into how people learn. It's not even how children learn, right? It's how people learn and seeing, um, it, it, I think it involves a lot of understanding our education experience, right? Yeah. Like for me, I was understanding, you know, I, I did well in school, you know, based on grades and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, how much of that that I learned there, do I still remember? How much mm -hmm. of it do I use? How <laughs> valuable was my time? But like just questions for ourselves to really understand what is, what is it that I'm trying um, to do with my children? You know, do I want to focus on like, is the learning super important to me? 
Um, and then, then the idea of curriculum and who gets to decide what they learn. That, that was back to that question, right? How much do I remember? And, you know, is testing a valuable thing? Is testing really useful in schools because they need to prove to parents? Like we were talking about evidence before, right? They need to prove to parents that, yes, their child is learning. Um, they need to prove for funding. You know, there's just so many reasons. They, and they have a classroom of maybe 30-odd kids, right? So they can't have an individual conversation with each child to know what it is that they've absorbed about the topic. So, you know, it makes sense that testing is a component at school. Yeah. But do I need to bring that home, right? <laughs> I'm hanging out with my kids all the time. I'm seeing them in action. I'm I'm having conversations with them. I'm hearing them using new words over time. I'm hearing them excitedly sharing this new thing they picked up. I'm sharing things that I know that are related to what they're curious about. And they're going, oh, that's all that's so cool. You know, you see the learning in action when you're with them. So what value is the test? So like all these questions to help you better understand and choose how you want to approach it with your own kids, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, um, like there's a, a big one, right? Like tests, right? I, most, I feel like the, the vast majority of adults now that are homeschooling their their children are, grew up in some sort of education system that that required testing and you're you're used to that you know you have these big tests that you take every 3 years you have spelling tests that you take every week you know and everything in between and and it's just this is what school is school has to be a test but like you said right when when you're working with your kid one on one you, you don't necessarily need that right you're you're invested enough you see it you know what's going on you're you're aware just by observation. You don't need to give them some sort of test to, to figure it out. That's the really interesting thing about de-schooling. And I love talking about this process with people because it really is so much of the parents' work to do to ask ourselves questions like that, right? To ask ourselves questions. What does learning mean, yeah. right? Do, do I have to have a test to prove that learning happened? Um, do is it important that say if you look at the curriculum and pioneer times shows up in grade three is it important at that age right or is it there because they needed to space out over how many years this certain set of information that they think kids should know and you know that's just the way it worked out because if teachers just taught what they loved you know, they may hit pioneer <laughs> times four times <laughs> or, you know, any of that, any of that stuff. So that's why it's parsed out that way. So there's so much um, de-schooling that we do around, do we need to learn things at certain ages? And, you know, really so much, no, it is okay for it to come up in their lives and, to, and and to dive into it at that time. And oh my gosh, it is so different when you watch a child dive into something that they're curious about, dive yeah. into something that they're interested in versus some random thing that you just plucked up and said, you know, now we're going to learn about this. You have to do that, yeah. So, so maybe, you know, Pioneer Times comes up when they're 10 or when they're 14, you know, or then you get to the question of, doesn't matter if Pioneer Times comes up at all. At all, yeah. You know, in yep. their life, 
maybe not. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if that's not something you're going to go into at all, it has, you know, very little bearing on, on what you're doing. And, you know, it might not be, be of interest to the child, you know, why, why do they need to waste their time? And the, the interesting thing, yeah. And, and then you start asking yourself questions about wasting time. Is there such a thing <laughs> as wasting time when you're choosing what you're doing? Right. Now, one of the things that's very curious to me is how much quieter processing time that my kids were drawn to having than I expected. Like we are so focused on productivity, right? And, you know, and just marching through learning all these things and testing and then moving on to the next module, then moving on to the next subject <laughs> and on and on. And so it's really fascinating to watch just real learning in action to see them deep dive and then to see them, you know, pull back and almost, almost look like they're doing nothing. It's like this beautiful flow, ebb and flow of things. Yet when they come through that time, my gosh, it's like an explosion of connections an explosion of understanding that you just see through um, the way they talk about things. The, yeah. the things that they share, you see how valuable that quieter time was just to let things bubble away. And I wanted to, to um, <coughs> just uh, talk about the, you know, is it important in their, their life? The cool thing is, you know, if Pioneer Times or any topic is important, valuable to us or interesting to us, we're also sharing our lives with mm -hmm. our kids. Like it's not about our kids learning separately from us as adults. We come to see that learning is valuable for all human beings. And it's just fun to realize what we're curious about and to dive into it. Right, Ben? Like diving into yeah. learning about podcasting, yeah. you know, all this <laughs> kind of stuff. So you're having conversations with you. You're sharing, oh, I learned this really cool thing. And when it doesn't become about a product, You'll see that it happens incredibly well without a framework on top of it. Um, but at that point, our kids are excited for us too. Yeah, They're like, oh, dad, I'm so glad you got, I'm really glad that you're happy about your new mic. You know, <laughs> I can see you're really excited about that. So these things can still come up, even if they don't specifically. Now they know mics are a thing and you there's actually like different um different kinds and different styles. And now they know if ever that comes up in their life, they can come ask you. <laughs> it's all part of that, right? That that natural sort of ebb and flow of knowledge, you know? And I think it's, you can pick up so much just from talking to people and being with people. And when you just sit and stare at a worksheet, like you're getting some information, but it's not you know, well-rounded. It's not. I this... think you're you're not getting so much when you're looking at a worksheet. You're so you're getting the fact. You know, so if it's a history fact or a geography fact or a math process or whatever, you're getting that bit and you're practicing that bit on the worksheet. What you're not getting so much is the context of it. Where does it fit in the world? Why, why is that an important piece of information that somebody thought that understanding <laughs> how a river changes over its lifetime is valuable? You know, I can fill out the worksheet of what the different components are called and how the flow changes over its lifetime. But if I'm at a park that I really enjoy and I have a lot of fun playing at the river, 
then you have context. Like, and when you're curious about that and you guys look up more, you know, because so often our kids love yeah. and are interested in things that we don't know. Or maybe we did that worksheet and we don't remember because that's the difference is when you've got a bunch of random factoids floating around in your head, it's so much harder to recall them. But when you're curious and you're interested, now you've got context because something brought you to that interest. So it's so much, it's literally so much easier to learn that next little bit of information because you are building, uh, you're building a web an understanding that has context to the world. So there's so much uh, deeper understanding of where that piece fits rather than just trying to memorize a whole bunch of facts to pass the test, right? All right. So I'm interrupting the show today. It's the first time ever. It's got to be important. Trust me, it is. I'm up here every week speaking freely, encouraging you all to express all yourself, having mind-changing conversations planting little rebellion seeds that will grow into giant pumpkins of persuasion. Why? Why? Why am I up here? Because I love to run my mouth. Because I believe in free, uncensored speech. That's why. Because without the innate right to speak my mind and gather at will, the ability to communicate and exchange ideas disappears. And I can't think of a better way to exchange these ideas than over a delicious cup of coffee with the people that matter most. So together with John Odermatt over at Finding Freedom, we've teamed up to create Run Your Mouth Coffee to bring you the tantalizing coffee you need to get the uncensored speech flowing. Check us out at rymcoffee.com and use promo code HOMESTEAD to get 10% off your first order. That's rymcoffee.com, promo code HOMESTEAD. I'm curious because this is, we, we don't unschool. It's something that I keep trying to lean more and more into. Um, you know, I went to school to, to teach. Um, you know, I, I did okay in school You know, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed certain aspects of it. Um, so I'm curious for you, you know, how did you guys kind of, how did you make that transition? How did you break into unschooling? How did you convince yourself that like this, this will work? Hi, you know, cause I, and I think that's something that people kind of hesitate with sometimes, right? Is like, I'm just so used to, I guess, having a product, even seeing things, but like knowing that what I'm going to do is, or what, what I'm not going to do or, or allowing my child to do this will, will be okay at the end of the day. Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? Love that question. <laughs> There's so many ways my brain wants to take that. <laughs> um, first off, there are a lot of teachers who have moved into unschooling and there's quite a few podcast episodes of mine with teachers mm -hmm. um just and they've shared their journey through that so just if you're curious to to hear about some other people's journeys for me one of the big things was not putting so much pressure on myself that i am deciding this forever right Mm -hmm. um, so it was more, I'm going to try this out. I want to try this out. I'm really curious to try this out because it makes so much sense to me yeah. right now. It's not, I'm going to try this out for two weeks or I'm going to try this out for two months and then I'm going to judge it and test it and, <laughs> and say yes, no at that point. Um, but to realize, so I like to say for people who want, who want to try moving to unschooling is to dive into it. And and go at least at least six months, but I would say a year. Because what you need is you need that time to look back and see a few of those ebbs and flows, mm -hmm. right? Because if your two weeks are in an ebb period, it's not going right. to look like a lot is <laughs> happening in that moment, yeah. right? 
So you really can't use that time to judge whether or not this is going to work for your family. The other piece you mentioned is, is that piece of, is this going to work for my kid? Another really great paradigm shift, and I kind of alluded to it before, is that this is really going to become a learning lifestyle for the family. It's the under, based in the understanding that humans learn. We are learning all the time, right? We do a thing, we see what happens. If it's a little bit different than how we Previously understood it, we tweak our understanding. We learn a little bit. We make a little bit different choice next time. You know, we're always tweaking what we know, even as adults, right? Um, So it really becomes something that the family does. To that end, it is something that uh, we do with our kids. An important aspect of, of unschooling is being connected with our kids being with them to see what they're learning. Because then when we see what they're really curious about, um, we can bring new pieces in. We can celebrate the neat things. We can make the next comment that that is really valuable to them. Not because, this is another big paradigm shift that that you come to learn. We're not making comments because we want to try and direct where they go, because we know the best way for them to, (laughs) you know, learn about the thing that they're into, because we really don't know what brought them there in the first place. But the more you're connected with them, the more you see it unfold, and the more you support where they are in that moment, like answering the question they ask. Quickly answering that helps them move forward in however, like, because as I talked before, this web of connections, you don't know what what little connection brought them there or which direction is most valuable for them to go, right? To build their context, their understanding of the world. So being there with them means that you can help them. You can help them when they're in the flow of things. You can bring them some food when they're in the flow (laughs) of things and you notice, ah, it's been a couple hours. I bet they're getting hungry, but they don't look like they want to stop you're going to come across lots of times when your kids don't want to stop learning. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't really call it learning, right? You know, with unschooling, it becomes life in our conversations. We're just like, Oh, you're interested in the thing. Right. And so it, the conversations become, it's not like, what did you learn today? You are seeing it in action. You're having conversations, you know, and, and sometimes you don't, no, because if you ask them, what did you learn today? Chances are they'd be like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> because it's just so Im- embedded in the day. Learning almost looks like a byproduct because what they're doing is pursuing their interests, right? So they know watching them in action when they have the freedom. I, I often suggest thinking of it like a season of Saturdays, this whole de-schooling, this whole, you know, I'm going to give it a year and dive into it and do my best and learn lots about unschooling. That's really important so that you can understand by the end of the time when, you know, you're thinking about, is this working well for us? If it is working well, you don't even end up asking yourself that question. (laughs) But, you know, when you want to, or when sometimes you're like, am I doing enough? You know, all these kind of questions bubble up for us. You need to understand how unschooling works so that you can realize what you're seeing in action. 
and understand the value of that. Because if you're still, yeah, we're going to unschool for for six months and see how it happens. And then you step back and you don't connect with your kids. You just don't give them worksheets anymore. You won't really understand what's going on. You'll, you'll be like at the end of six months. Oh, but if I gave them a worksheet now, they still wouldn't be able to do it. You know, it's a different way of looking at learning. It's looking at learning as a lifelong thing, right? Not as I need them to learn this certain set before they, by the time they turn 18. I I think it's interesting too. You kind of, because with with unschooling, I think sometimes people think of unschooling as unparenting, right? It's just kind of stepping back and and not being there, and and yeah, you just kind of like dispelled that whole thing in, in one oh yeah one no. thought, you know that like no, it's like you have to. It's not like you're still involved, you know, you're still there. It's just a different technique. Uh, yeah, you are more involved in their lives, but that's a lifestyle choice, right? When you're choosing unschooling. You're choosing to be involved, you know, as a parent. I think I had a guest way back at the beginning, Teresa Graham Brett, and she talked about how she was talking about TV. But the idea was, you know, when she had rules about what her kids could watch on TV, like what channel they were allowed to watch, et cetera, um, she didn't feel the need to be involved, right? The rule took care of that. As long as they were watching PBS Kids, all was good. And I didn't need to be there to watch. Right. right? Um, that didn't work out so well. Like, so there were shows even on PBS kids where, because as an individual, as a child, some things bother them. Right. Um, and so they need help processing. And she wasn't there to notice that when she decided to lift um, the constraints, the rules around it, what happened was she was there more, right? So she was there to help him process things that he was watching on PBS Kids and things he was watching on other channels. The, the Those little bits of life are so juicy for having conversations and for learning and for putting things in context. That's, again, learning that bigger picture of things. Things don't live in isolation. Right. So it is so much about now, you know, it's not like literally, you know, then you get into the whole martyrly conversation of I have to give up the rest of my life to hang out with the kids. It's not that either. It's about human beings living together and, you know, loving each other and connecting and knowing what's going on in each other's life and helping each other out. As my kids got older, they helped me out as much as I was helping them out sometimes, you know, depending on what was flowing and going on in my life. And they would send me links to videos. Hey, mom, this is about the thing. You're going to love this. You know, it it just became about making our world bigger. It's not at all about, okay, we're unschooling. So, you know, the kids should learn all these things on their own. They're going to pick it all up. I shouldn't be involved at all. You know, I'm going to go off and and do these other things. I don't want to interfere with it. No, it's, it would be so difficult for kids to pick up. It's hard to pick up skills if you don't have modeling around, if you don't have other people around, if you don't have people to process things with, to bounce off ideas with. So it really is about becoming a way, um, a, a lifestyle that, that you want for your family. It's a it's interesting thing to think about. I think about like the, um, just the interpersonal relationships and the, the development and the the nurture that's there when you're existing in that sort of paradigm and, and not one of 
rigidity and rules, you know. Um, and those interpersonal skills, they take with them. Those are valuable skills to take out into the world. Yeah, right? for I mean, sure. When my kids got older, when they're in teens, young adults, and now like that it is something that they're known for in their ring of friends, like somebody who, who can come in because they've had so many conversations because we aren't focused on rules. We work things out for, so that they work for everybody. Right. Um, and sometimes they come up with really unique solutions to challenges that come, but they work for them. So they have had years of figuring out a way to meet everyone's needs. So when they're in a group of four and this one wants to do this one, and this one wants to do that thing, you know, they're good at helping that group of friends move through that and figure out a path forward. So they have those skills. The other thing they really have is an understanding of themselves. Because you can't really have those conversations. You understand, what do I need? What do I like? You know, why do I want this? Because then you can have a conversation saying, you know what? I don't want to do that because of this. Or, you know, I'd really like to do that because of this. They, they gain a deep understanding of themselves and they learn to trust kind of that inner voice of theirs that it will be um, respected. And then as they move out further into the world, just how to voice it. And then at that point, you can choose, you know, if it's not going <clears> to, <throat> if it's, if there's going to be pieces of it that I don't really like, but my end goal, because they're so used to thinking big picture now, right? If my end goal, because I would say, well, they'll never do anything that they don't like that they don't want to do. Ah, no, no, no. <laughs> when they find bigger picture goals that they want to achieve, they will put up with so much to get there because they want the thing, right? You know, so if if they want the black belt, they will go through so many years of training, even on the days when maybe they don't feel like going, they know the bigger picture. They understand the bigger picture goals. So there is just so much, like you're saying, interpersonal skills, understanding of oneself. These are things that are helpful lifelong, right? That they take with them. And then they've got the information about uh, the things that they're interested in. And interests also, yes, they, they ebb and flow and take turns. But so often the things that you're interested in kind of are the roots of you. And so they kind of, they mesh even as, as an adult, the things that you're interested in. So it's not like, okay, you know, I did, did school, learned that bucket of things that they thought I should know. Now I'm going to go learn the things that I want to know. Cause not a lot of that was related. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. So it really does just flow. That's again, why we talk about it becoming a lifestyle, right? Because it doesn't stop when they turned to 18, our days did not change at all. Right. Um, so when they turn 18, did they, did your kids end up going to college? No, not yet. They, they didn't. I've had lots of, I have a series on the podcast, uh, growing up on schooling. And so there are some kids who chosen college for what they're interested in and have gone that route. There are some who, uh, have chosen other paths and the thing is, and some who've chosen to go to college when they're a little bit older, the thing is, college is no longer like you need to decide for when you're 18, right? It becomes college as a place where later. there is some information and there are some other people who are interested. Like when my daughter was 17, she was looking, she um, 
was re is really interested in her passions photography. So when she was 17, she was looking at college programs and she was looking at the curriculum and she's like, so she dove into it when she was around 13, 12, 13. And, you know, really she was, so photography isn't a huge course topic in like high school. There, there are courses right. here and there, but anyway, she's like, you know, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. You know, it really felt like she'd be starting back at square one to go to college. So she's like, you know what I want to do? Like we live in rural Ontario. She is, I want to go check out New York City. Because she had an agent in Toronto who said, you know what, if you want to make this a career, really, you need to be in New York City or in LA. Right. So she's like, I want to go check out New York City and see if it's, you know, all that it's cracked up to be. So um, was it like a month or two, two months after she turned 18, we had found her a sublet uh, for two months in New York City. So I drove her down <sighs> there, we got her unpacked and everything. And so she had been connected online through at the time of Flickr was a big uh, photography site. So she knew some of the photographers in New York City. So she was connecting with them. She was meeting up with them. And near like six weeks in, she's like, Mom, I have found found my community. Like, this is amazing. I love it here so much. Yeah. So she ended up um, staying for the full six months that she was allowed to stay under, you know, the tourist visa when you visit. And she moved apartments like two, three times. <laughs> she was, you know, now had roommates uh, that she had connected with there, you know, going gallery night on, you know, Thursday nights, openings at galleries all through the city. You know, they would go do that. They would be all over uh, photographing and it's setting up shoots and all that kind of stuff. She was just in heaven. She came home, did uh, filled out her visa application, got it approved. And like two months later, she was back living there for three years. And now, now she's been there <clears throat> seven, eight years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so she's she's 26. She'll be 27 this year. And she has been there. Like she can get three years. She gets an 01 artist visa. And so, and now she works, she's based out of New York and LA. She works uh, more exclu exclusively with musicians. But that that so that was her journey. You know, um, there's it's not about yes or no to college as a concept. It's about what are you interested in? What do you want to do? Where, how would you like to pick up that knowledge, um, gain that experience, network? Because, you know, sometimes too, you're just finding other people who are just as interested and curious and passionate about the thing that you are is amazing. She found it by traveling to New York. Um, we had another uh, grown-on schooler, Phoebe Wall, who's an artist, she went to the Rhode Island School of Design. Like, I think she left school grade two or grade three. It was it was early, um, unschooled, and then went to college. And she loved it. You know, she, I found my community. You know, <laughs> so finding your community and finding ways to soak in the information of the stuff that you're passionate about or even just really curious about 
That's kind of the goal. So if college is a great way for that, then cool. If there are other ways that you'd rather try, you know, and we always said to her, you know what, if that doesn't work out and you want to try college, you can try it at any time. So that's kind of the way that we've approached it. I, I think it's a, cause that's one of those things, you know, like people, people look at homeschool and all the, all the things that fall under that umbrella. And it's like, how's your kid going to go to college? You're not going to have a degree. How, how are they going to get there? And then you, there's two sides, right? There's that side that like, well, it's not like your high school diploma that gets you there. There's lots of other things. And then there's that side that's like, well, unless you need like a certificate or some sort of license from, you know, such and such organization, college isn't necessarily required. You know, there's all these things in between that you can do to, to, to get to your, your end goal. And that, yeah, that's another part, huge part of the de-schooling piece, right, <clears throat> is thinking about how do I define success, thinking about, and like I said, remember how I said de-schooling really never ends? You know what, when your kids are six, seven, that college question isn't so much at the forefront of your mind. You're curious about it. You hear some unschoolers say, yeah, don't worry, they can get into college. There are ways, right? Um, so he's like, okay, and I'll worry about that later because, you know, right now we need to go do the thing. They want to go for a bike ride or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the earlier years are, are much more hands-on, right? Much more heavy with activity. Um, but yeah, questioning that for ourselves, like, is it is it the diploma? Why is it the diploma? There is a lot more talk recently about, you know, there was a season there where just about everybody mm-hmm. had their diploma because that's the thing you do. This is the path. Everybody follow that path to the success and then you get the good job and then you stay in the good job and you retire from the good job. That's not so much the environment anymore, right? Um, and and the really great thing is understanding that it's more about the path that the person wants to take, right? And like you were saying, there are some paths where you need those the diploma, right? Um, another uh, Alex Alex Trossa, um, he was twenty two. You know, he at eighteen he was working. He'd done a few jobs, and then he's like, you know what? Twenty two. He decided. He wanted to pursue engineering and he wanted to, you know, so obviously he wanted to go to college. You need it for that. And, and then he went to a community college because a lot of them, one, uh, certainly um, once you hit older ages, you can go, there's no, like, you need to prove such and such. Right. Um, So he went, you do some uh, testing beforehand so you can test out of certain things where you can just choose to take the developmental courses and ease into that. So he went to a community college and then he transferred to another college. In that time, he discovered, you know, I don't really like engineering, but I really love the math (laughs) piece. And so he focused on math. And at this point, he is now pursuing his doctorate in math and he wants to teach math at the university level because he found that he really loved that aspect. But you know what? If at 18 you had told him you go to college and study math, <laughs> that would not have been valuable. He would not have enjoyed that at that point. You know, it's it is their journey to uh to find things. Like I was an engineer. I worked for 10 years while I was having my kids. That's what my kids were in school at first, you know. So we all have journeys to take. 
that's the thing is that we can see our things kind of as mistakes and we don't want our kids to, you know, uh, <laughs> take different turns in their journey. You should know what it is. Like when, when my daughter was, you know, 13, 14, 15, and she was taking pictures all the time, um, family would come visit. Lissy's got a camera. She's going to be a photographer. And I would really kind of resist that, that she's going to be, you just determine her entire life because she's in love with photography at age 13. You know, who knows? We're not going to put that pressure on that interest because then she absorbs that. And then when it doesn't work for her anymore and she wants to take a little bit of a turn, she feels that pressure to stay in it. Oh, but I'm a photographer. It's not right that I change. And you know what? When you're not happy and engaged in what you're doing, Life is is not fun. And you also don't do it as well. You resist doing it. Like feeling fulfilled in your choices, I think, is just so valuable and so important, not only for your mental health, but really for what you do, right? Like if you resist and you just, you know, go do minimal whatever, you know, that's not working for anyone right? But understanding yourself and trusting your inner voice, like, oh, you know, when my daughter went, she was doing more commercial photography. And now she found over time that she really enjoys working with musicians, you know, so she's really focused her network and her clientele on musicians. But that came with experience. And that was just a tweak that she had. And it came from her understanding herself and for having experience, you know, that was not fun. And I did not like processing all that, (laughs) all those images after to deliver to the clients and the clients were picky. It was, it was just not enjoyable. You want your kids and we want ourselves to wake up excited about the day and to be excited to dive into the things that we're doing that day. I don't even know how I got there, but (laughs) it's there. It's, 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 uh, no, it's well appreciated. Um, and it's it's just it's it's that journey it's that journey yeah. but um so i know you mentioned um you you done uh, research into home uh, unschooling that sort of thing things you're reading do you have any any suggestions for for people out there that are thinking about diving in or or maybe just diving in good good reads good information out there that's uh you know accessible to to common folk <laughs> Well, that is one nice thing. There is a lot more information available than when I started <laughs> way back then. I mean, I have written five books about <laughs> unschooling. So, I mean, I do have a free introductory book, What is Unschooling? I've got um, my own Free to Learn. Uh, Peter Gray has a book, Free to Learn. You know, there are Teresa Graham Brett, who I mentioned. Um, she's got a great book. Um, I have a resources page on my website, livingjoyfully.ca, that has a whole bunch of of resources like that, books, when you're just getting kind of introduced to the ideas. Um, What might this look like, right? How might this, you know, just, it really is, you can start your de-schooling journey before you even start with your kids, right? Because, understanding what it may look like is is so helpful because you're questioning really basic things. You will be amazed at all the things you all of a sudden start questioning that you thought mm-hmm. were given. Like kids only learn when they're taught things, 
wow, that is a great thing to question. Because when you look at kids in school, that is almost universally the case. That's what it looks like. They resist learning. They don't want to learn. We need to make them learn. We need to sit them down and teach them things. But what you come to realize is that is actually a product of the environment because you're trying to get them to learn things that they're not interested in, that aren't connected to their days. You know, we're back to that context piece. They're not interested in those. It's harder to learn things when you're not interested in them. You're just memorizing them. They don't make sense to you. They don't connect with other things in your world. They're just this random thing that you have to memorize, right? So learning looks hard in school and kids look like they don't want to learn in school or when they're being, you know, forced to do these things. And there's a lot of expectations of things. But when you start looking at kids, when you look at unschooled kids who are diving into what they're interested in, the really cool thing is just about any interest can truly be a window to the world. Because if they are super interested in, say, trains or baseball or whatever it is, think about that for a minute. There is history in there. There is geography in there. If they're seeking out information, there's exposure to words and reading in there. You know, there is everything. There's there's lots of numbers when it comes to baseball, right? Lots of stats. You know, there is the understanding of the people, of the players, where they come from. You know, there's just anything that they're super passionate about can truly open up the world. And then as they're a little bit older, they want to talk, like we were talking about before, they want to talk to other people who are just as interested as them, who are passionate about the thing. So then all of a sudden writing becomes important because maybe you found a forum, right? Or a blog that you want to comment on, or, you know, or maybe there's like a discord group and you're talking and then you're learning interpersonal skills, (laughs) Like any passion or interest will open up the entire world of skills and topics and subjects. We don't need those silos of here's history. I can hit history through how did trains, you know, um, end up over the world, right? How did, where did the first railroad start? When did in this country and in this country and how did they expand them? And then maybe you're starting to look at the business of train companies. You know, there's just so many ways you can get to all the things through any interest. You don't have to come at them through the subject. Yeah, so your your own sort of personalized lens, I guess, of of your interest, you know. I like to think of with unschooling, I think of curiosity as the curriculum, right? You're following their curiosity and their interests rather than an external framework. Thank you all day here. Where where can we go to find your your books and, and your, your podcast and your website and all <laughs> all the good stuff you have out there? Um livingjoyfully.ca is probably the best place um, to start. Yeah, the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I just celebrated um, five years last week. So there is it's a lot of episodes. Quite an archive there. <laughs> um, I've got, there's the Living Joyfully Network, which you can read about at the website now. I've got um, 
with Anna Brown and I, um, we've got a really great network. We've got lots of new people and experienced people, really rich conversations about unschooling there. I mentioned the resources page before, if you're looking for all sorts of books and groups and websites, because, you know, it's how you learn. That's the other piece when you're de-schooling and you're first coming to unschooling is to realize how you like to learn. Because what that'll help you realize is how people learn differently, right? So, you know, if my voice doesn't connect and doesn't really make, I don't phrase things in a way that makes sense to you, there are other people out there talking about unschooling, talking about it as a lifestyle, and and it may connect with you better. So, you know, that was really my reasoning behind the resources page, because it's about helping people who are curious about learning more about unschooling, right? So I think it, I think it's a lot of fun. And what I love is even if you don't choose it, choose that lifestyle eventually, it's like, you know what, that's not going to work for us for whatever reasons. Number one, a lot of the principles, like we were talking about unparenting before, you can connect with your kids and spend time with your kids and know what they're interested in, even if they go to school. <laughs> there are so many principles that work no matter whether yes or no school is involved in your life. You don't need to bring the school ethos home. You don't need to continually be on your kid to get an A on the test. You don't need to value tests above the conversations that you have with them, the person you know them to be, right? Um, what is so valuable is knowing that you have a choice. So often you feel like, you know, when my kids went to school, it's like, you know, well, school's a law. They have to go to school. I hadn't even heard of homeschooling. So we make the best of it. But when you realize it's a choice, even if you're choosing school, even if you're choosing, um, you know, curriculum at home, whatever uh, combination of things that you're choosing, understanding that it's a choice and that you have control over it, you have agency um, and you and your kids are a family, a team, that's where the beauty is, right? Knowing that is what brings so much to your life. Yeah, that that, that family, the team, the just growth. It is, it's, it's an amazing thing. But um, I, I appreciate your time and uh, encourage people to go, go check out all your stuff and, and your pod and everything else. And I'll, I'll throw all that stuff in the, the show notes for them. So, uh, yeah. Appreciate it. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm back. Thank you guys for checking that out. I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm almost certain that you did. And uh, go check go check out Pam's stuff. She has a ton of information there. And uh, it would be well worth your time to go check it out if you are at all inclined to go the unschooling route. Um, I really want to say that uh, we will be, but um, man, it, it just seems like a big jump for me. <laughs> I don't know why. These, these goalposts in my head that I need to somehow take down. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, you guys can head over to iTunes, find the show, leave a review. Go give it five stars, four stars. I guess you can leave it three stars if you want. Anything below that, keep them to yourself. Appreciate it. And uh, head over to 
Amazon through our affiliate link, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon will be the affiliate link. Click through there and uh, I might see something of your purchase. What else can you do? Head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash the Liberty Hippie. Help me out there. I'll send you some seeds, some stickers. Um, who knows what other goodies are there for you. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves because that's that's what we need to do right now um, and all this mess of life that is life. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy life. Make the best out of it. You know, worry about yourself because that's all you can all you can control right now. You and yours. Anyway, guys, thanks for sticking with me. Remember, get out there, sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Dream.